morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mario, also known as the Node Defender, joining us on this Thursday. Andrew, aka the Cashflow King, is here. And we're going to have Johnny Crypto joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how U.S. adoption is underway, with Uphold now partnering with Ripple to leverage their payment solution. We break down how this development is much more important than it may seem. As tokenization is taking the world by storm, JP Morgan is now transacting over a billion dollars in daily tokenized assets, unlocking the potential for tokenization in the USA. And with the largest financial firms in the, on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how these institutions are creating the greatest bull run of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Mario, there's a lot of important news to talk about today, but one of the topics that I think nobody's addressing that we're going to talk about in today's episode is JP Morgan handling a billion dollars in transactions for their daily tokenized assets. So that's a slept on article. I'm excited to break that down today. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling amazing. Thank you for having me, Abs. Good morning, obviously, Abs, uh, Andrew, and soon Johnny Crypto. And good morning to everyone out there. If you're listening right now or listening in the future, sending everybody love and happy Thursday. Absolutely, guys. And we got the Cashflow King joining us as well. Andrew, it is 65 in the Netherlands this morning. That is sweatshirt weather for me in Tampa. But how are you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. Yeah, good evening. Good morning. Good, good afternoon from the Netherlands here. Indeed, it's a little chilly. However, it's an excellent day today. It's the birthday of my mother, 84. She became some. I'm very proud of her. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you guys too, Johnny, Epps, and Mario. So I'm looking forward to a great show. And it's always fun to be with you guys. Thank you so much, Andrew. And we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of the daily movers this morning, it's fairly red across the board. The market has pulled back over these last 24 hours. We've got Gala token up 10%, Quant token up 4%, Doge up 3%, Hex token down about 18% on the day. When we check out our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at 1.24 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 53% dominant. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 34,100. Ethereum, 1784. XRP is sitting at 55 cents. And ADA, also known as Cardano, sitting at 29 cents this morning. And Mario, we're going to start off this episode with an Anthony Pompliano clip because they gave him 12 minutes on CNBC. But before I do, I wanted to show our listeners this chart really briefly. So back in 2004, gold, the first gold ETF was launched in the USA. And look at what happened to the price of gold. In the 70s, gold was worth less than $10. Then it went all the way up to nearly $400. At the time this ETF was launched, gold was about $325. Over the next eight years, gold went to $2,000. And a lot of it was due to the liquidity that the ETF brought in for the product. And look at what we're experiencing in the bull market right now, 2012, 2016, 2020, and pretty soon, 2024, we will have another historic bull run. And that's what Anthony Pompliano was hinting at during this video, guys. 
We already got 201 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this video of Anthony Pompliano. He's breaking down why an ETF could change everything, not just for crypto or not just for Bitcoin, but for all of crypto. Right now, you got to go back to 2018, 2019. Bitcoin had been up to 20,000 in the bull market. It drew all the way down to $3,000. What happened there, and Stanley Druckenmiller said it was the thing that convinced him to go buy Bitcoin. He said none of the Bitcoiners really sold. About 80% of the people who owned it at 20,000 still owned it. Still 56% of long term right now. So there's a, there's no supply for it either. It's highly liquid. 76% hasn't been sold in the last year. 56% hasn't been sold in the last two years. Two years yeah. And really what we saw, what drove Bitcoin's price from that $3,000 bottom to $69,000, I mean, 23x in about three years is that there was a supply and a demand shock and we had printing of money low interest rates and we also got the habit we look like we're headed right back to that right now yep. we do have high interest rates and they're trying not to print money but we have a 33 and a half trillion dollar debt they're trying to fund two proxy wars we have the southern border issue we've got all sorts of uh, inflation they're still trying to uh, combat and so what's likely to happen here is that they're going to have to return to loose monetary policy when they do that, it is likely to coincide with the Bitcoin but, habit. But near term, uh, just talking about the ETF, you've got nothing has happened in the last three weeks to indicate it's any closer. Well, I definitely think that it's closer. Right? Because three weeks went by. <laughs> three weeks went by, but also is now going and they're seeding the fund. They're seeding the fund in October. No, correct. And so they amended the uh, uh, application. And so really, what we're seeing is they're getting prepared for the. The big question is: Are they going to? They know anything. They may know. They may know nothing, but I don't think. Five hundred and seventy-five approvals by the SEC from BlackRock Mario, and I'm kicking it straight to you because I'm getting a low Wi-Fi. But we got 237 listeners joining us. Show us love. Smash that like button to Mario. Tell me from this video. Anthony Palmer is bullish because BlackRock is bullish. What does that mean to you? Yeah, well, like Larry Fink said, flight to safety then, you know, or flight to quality. And so, like, that's what we're witnessing. And over time, we're definitely going to see a shift into the crypto market more and more. It's an asset class that's only going to have the tendency to grow. Now, of course, we're going through a lot of turmoil around the world. We've got a lot of, a lot of different narratives happening um, with war, with the economy. There's no doubt that inflation and, you know, devalue of, of certain currencies, fiat currencies, do make uh, investors kind of flee into something that's a little bit more stable or something that has a little more tendency to, to hold its value. We know that gold is known as that standard. Can we start to witness a shift into Bitcoin? I shared my opinion on the spaces the other day, how I think that generations will play a huge part on this. Younger generations are definitely going to be more inclined towards investing in crypto assets, investing in Bitcoin and so forth, as opposed to, you know, going out there and buying physical gold. And so I think that this is a transition that we're definitely going to witness and we're going to go through. And whether we're in a bull run right now, we've just had like insane price appreciation over the last week or it's just starting or we're not in a bull run and things are yet to change regardless this is an asset class that over the next you know decade is 100 going to have price appreciation in my it, opinion it's charts like these that get me excited andrew when you look at what happened in 2012 2016 and 2020 historic money came into the market and like we always say at the merlin community 90 percent of the money that enters the market exits on the back end so andrew give me some statements and then we'll move on yeah you know um there, there are several things happening here um do also not you know now uh, the, the, the if the bitcoin etf will come it will give a huge huge 
boost to the price appreciation of, of Bitcoin and crypto in general, because the threshold is lower to, uh, to, to go into Bitcoin. However, don't underestimate social sentiment. I mean, these guys, oh, it, it, it's a network of, of also, also the media. I mean, 12 minutes for Anthony Pompliano in, in, in this show. I mean, this is social sentiment. This is hyping a coin. This is, this is yeah. And I mean, you should understand this. The, the other day, I got a tip of a new uh, Metaverse coin. I'll, I'll con I can tell it here, the, R, the RLTM, that is uh, Reality Metaverse. It went up 200% in a day. Why? Only because of a me media campaign. And, you know, that, that's what's happening. Uh, Bitcoin is maybe somewhat less uh, sensible to this, but it really play, plays a role. So, uh, and you know what? We don't care. If it goes the lower Bitcoin, we buy more. If it goes up, we take profits. So either way, we are good. And as we listen to guys like Waters Above and Bearable Bull, even Kevin Cage, who was on the show yesterday, the best thing that can happen to altcoins, Andrew, is Bitcoin rises in price. We go to 50000 we go to $55,000, and then that liquidity dumps into the altcoins, coins like Ethereum, XRP, XLM, many of the top 100 tokens. And what I think we're witnessing right now is just that first wave of liquidity. Everyone is excited. But think about this, guys. What happens every time there's a big narrative in the crypto market? It's buy the rumor, sell the news. Right now, the rumor entering the crypto market is a Bitcoin ETF. And I think that when it's launched, it's not going to be what many people are anticipating just because of the marketing campaign that they're running today. We've seen it on CNBC. We've seen it on Fox. We're going to see it on mainstream news networks everywhere. And it's things like this that get no mainstream media attention that you only get on Good Morning Crypto and shows like ours. But we got 281 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Monday morning. We're talking a lot about Ripple's utility and everybody was addressing the Uphold partnership that happened yesterday. This was another big indicator I found this morning. So Uphold was asked, if y'all bring back the debit card and maybe even offer a credit card with some rewards, I might close my bank account, said this user on Twitter. The Uphold account responded and said, stay tuned, Nick. That is exactly what we're entering, Mario. Real world use cases. And can you imagine? You don't need a bank account if you can custody and cash out all in one location on Uphold. So pretty exciting. What do you think about this before we move on? Yeah, I think that this is the pressure that the banks are definitely feeling. You know, they, it started with fintech and all these different institutions who offer bank-like services. And as we will transition to a more crypto-centric, and, and something that ties very close to this is an update that Coinbase released yesterday on, on their wallet and how they're able to make these instant payments. I mean, less than a second it took. Like they have side-by-side -side of, of the transaction and the stopwatch, and it was literally just under a second. And this is the type of stuff that's creating a lot of pressure in the traditional finance financial system, you know, traditional banks, they have to move into better technologies. They have to transition into not only faster payments, but around the clock. We need this to be a 24 seven kind of industry because the whole world operates 24 seven. We're at a world uh, global economy and we need payments to, to be up there too. So I think that the one thing that gets me excited is that since we know that crypto crypto and blockchain are such crucial technologies for this shift and we know the the the, the projects or the blockchains that are developing in this field i can't help but think that banks will eventually 
adopt one of these technologies, whether it's Ethereum, which is definitely not the better technology, or whether it's XRP from the standpoint of, you know, the, the on-demand liquidity and the faster payments. That's the part that gets me excited because I think that it will happen uh, sooner rather than later. Andrew Castle, there's a lot going on in the uphold narrative, and we're going to break down this article as well throughout the episode. JP Morgan is handling 1 billion transactions daily in their digital token, also known as the JPM coin. But before we even get into that, I want to show our listeners a video from Brad Kimes yesterday, where it was him and the digital asset investor kind of breaking down the real utility behind this uphold partnership. And then we're going to address a David Schwartz tweet discussing how Ripple can now leverage ODL in the USA. But we got 311 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and get and listen closely here because I think DAI does a great job breaking this down. The case, um, the judge ruled on the Ripple case. It was actually, and I'm going to a tweet I did. Um, it was on July 14th. Someone had asked David Schwartz um, about ODL-related sales. Are they now considered securities? And David Schwartz said, and I quote, we're still figuring this out. We don't currently have ODL related sales with the U.S. nexus and not being able to do so is really not a huge deal. We can still do ODL in the United States so long as XRP is never sourced from Ripple. Well, I think by the partnership with Uphold, they have absolutely solved for that. And uh, it, it, for me, it's now the, the perfect ramp for, for U.S. financial institutions to start using ODL, which I think they've rebranded again from XRAPID ODL to now liquidity, right? I think they call it crypto liquidity, but um, now I don't think there's any reason why financial institutions can't use XRP and cross-border payment flows. So that really makes it exciting. And that's what everybody's been waiting for since the resolution of this lawsuit, Andrew. Why aren't U.S. companies leveraging XRP? That's a big detail right there. They can't go directly to Ripple and source their XRP. They need a willing participant, a.k.a. a third party. And that's who stepped up here, guys. Uphold, they are willing to do it for Ripple. And this is what's so exciting. Not only did they keep XRP on their platform throughout the whole lawsuit, and I think they're reaping the benefits here. I think this is the beginning because now anybody who's not willing to do this is going to be missing an opportunity to make a lot of money in this market. And Andrew, really quick before I kick it to you, I just wanted to read one tweet from David Schwartz here. He tweeted out back in July of 2023, right after the resolution of the Ripple lawsuit, that he's still figuring out how to figure how to facilitate U.S.-related on-demand liquidity sales. We don't have ODL-related sales within a U.S. nexus, and not being able to do so is not really a huge deal. We can still do ODL in the U.S. as long as XRP is never sourced from Ripple. Now they can source from Uphold, and we've got an article breaking it down. But before we do, what does it mean to you, Andrew? Yeah, this is... And what what I like the most is that that uphold. I, I mean, I mean, I, I like uphold now. I, I like uphold even more, especially because they were sourcing XRP through the whole last three years and all the other uh, 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 U.S. Uh, cryptocurrency exchanges. They all stopped selling, like 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 Coinbase and and others. So it was difficult to buy. And I think this is the perfect news. Just believe in your system. And that's what uh, that's what Ripple is doing. They pretty well understand that they do not have the shoot source uh, uh, XRP from their own yeah uh, 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 you know, source of XRP from from their own pool, but through Uphold, it's great. But that means you need to buy it at Uphold, so or at other crypto exchanges. So that means demand will go up, and the more and more banks will go into uh, uh, yeah. Um, applications where you need XRP that is called utility 
yeah, the more demand for XRP and the more it will go up. And and you know, I was the, the other day I was also thinking about the the, the 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 normal banks, not the Fed, not the central bank. Yeah, they also see the threat of a CDBC. And we also see that here in Europe. And what is the threat for the yeah for, for all the banks that if a CDBC it is called central bank digital currency. Where do you will have a bank account at the central bank and not at a normal regional bank or your, 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 your daily bank? So I think banks also see the risk that when the, 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 when the central bank takes over a lot of and when, when the CDBC also in the US will be created, then a lot of payment traffic will be done yeah, via the, the 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 Fed and the central bank. So and that is a threat for the business of the of the, the regular banks. And I think the regular banks see this coming, so they need to prepare for an alternative, which is doing business with yeah with crypto that is outside the the, the central bank. So even I think that that regular banks can also be a, in the future a friend for us because they are also seeing advantage in. Uh, yeah, using the non-central bank digital currency, cryptocurrencies. So, you know, it was just a thought, but I think this is an issue. It is a strategic issue for uh, for banks. So that, I, that's why I like it, that, that yeah, this, these kinds of things are happening now. I agree with you, Andrew. It's definitely an evolution for the market as a whole. Johnny Crypto brings up a great point. He says, the 13 years that the crypto market has existed, it's been speculation. We are yet to see companies like Apple or Microsoft or banking institutions like Swift publicly leverage this technology. And what I think we're going into right now, Mario, is an age of adoption, an age where all of this information, it's not only accessible, it is public information. And I want to break this down before I kick it to you for some comments. The solution that Uphold and Ripple are addressing here. Ripple now seeks to use Uphold as an avenue to source XRP for ODL sales in the United States. By using this technique, the company would be able to avoid any potential regulatory action for U.S.-based ODL sales. Notably, in ODL, crypto exchanges play a pivotal role, and these exchanges purchase XRP, typically from Ripple, and sell the XRP tokens to financial institutions that use ODL services. These financial institutions then leverage XRP as a bridge currency to convert one fiat currency into another. This is what's really notable, Mario. In the Ripple and Uphold partnership, Uphold will function as one of these exchanges. The platform will provide XRP liquidity for ODL transactions involving institutions in the US. However, the major difference here is Uphold will not be purchasing its XRP tokens from Ripple. Instead, Uphold currently holds $1.27 billion worth of XRP in its reserves, reflecting a customer's balance. So what you're saying now is, are they really going to use the customer's XRP to facilitate Ripple's ODL? Absolutely not. And that's what the final sentence here is. Uphold emphasized that it would not use its customer funds to XRP to provide liquidity for XRP in the ODL system. The platform noted that it would purchase XRP and other assets in the open market for facilitating these ODL sales. So Mario... I just said a lot, but I think it's great that they're not going to be sourcing directly from Ripple. It shows how this can be done in the USA. But what do you take away from these statements before we kick it to Andrew? Yeah, well, I mean, if they were going to get it directly from Ripple, that would technically be considered a security, you know, according to what we've heard come out of the, the lawsuit. But 
I think that's huge that as you were reading, that was exactly, uh, that was my exact concern is whether they were going to be utilizing customers funds to facilitate this. So I, I really don't think that that's something they would engage in. I'm pretty sure they thought about that. And I'm pretty sure Ripple wouldn't make this partnership if that's what Uphold was going to be doing, because I mean, look what's happened to FTX. <laughs> so let's not even go there. But uh, but I think that's, it, it's positive. Like I said, I, I believe that Uphold deserves this partnership. They've been a, a, posit a positive voice over the last few years for anybody that wanted to continue purchasing and investing in XRP in the US. They never delisted it. They held strong. They continued um, allowing for XRP to be traded on their platform, regardless of the regulatory uncertainty. And now they're they're seeing the the benefit of it. Ripple has made this partnership, and I believe it's going to be positive for for Uphold. However, that comes to be whether you know they do become a bank, more of a bank like service by reintroducing their a debit card and maybe even a credit card. But I really think that. As I stated before, the pressure is piling on these uh, traditional banks and they will have to um, form some sort of a shift. And as you stated before, like the last 13 years have been speculation. It's crazy that we're still in so much speculation. And of course, there's like these partnerships and these um, like more concrete clues that we can see in the market. Like we can tell that Ripple's partnered with banks. Like it's no longer a speculation that Ripple's developing products for banks because it's it's already out there. There's partnerships. But at the same time, there is still so much speculation in in general in the crypto space. And that's the part that should make us all realize how how early we are. Over 30 central banks are currently working with Ripple to develop a central bank digital currency. And we got over 360 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And the Italian stallion is on his way. And he's coming just in time, guys, as we're going to start breaking down this article Anybody who doesn't start leveraging crypto assets is going to be at a disadvantage. But before we get into that, Johnny Crypto, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you feeling this morning? I'm hanging in there, boys. How are you? How's everybody doing? Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Hope you're all doing well. So great here to see Andrew and Mario. I can't wait to hop into it. I'm sorry. I've been apologized. Had a couple of meetings running late, but uh, I'm here. Better late than never, as they say, right? Better late than never, but never late is better. The wise words of Drake, my friend. And guys, we got 365 listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I want as many people to get onto this show as possible because we're going to break down an article right now that I think everybody should be aware of. This was a message that Apple sent out to one of its users about the leveraging of tokenized assets starting today. It said, so this person said, I added my credit union card to my Apple Pay and look what it says. Let's go. Dear Skyla, your Skyla Visa, sorry, dear name is scratched out. Your Skyla Visa Platinum ending in blank has been tokenized. I know what you're thinking. What? Yep, it's true. You've been tokenized. So what does that mean exactly? Tokenization is the process of replacing your primary account number with a unique series of randomly generated numbers, aka a token. Tokens can be registered for transactions for specific mobile devices, as well as merchants and transaction types. Here's the most exciting part about this. This is, allows absolute worthless, if stolen, hacked, or incepted, reducing the risk of fraud for these channels. Companies like Netflix, Amazon, Uber, Lyft, Venmo, and iTunes are examples of merchants who are leveraging tokenization. Your digital wallet, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and Samsung Pay leverages tokenization as well. So Apple sending out that message, guys. I think it's a huge message to the entire industry. Companies are getting involved this is the time to accumulate. But Johnny Crypto, I'm kicking it to you and we'll go around the group. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you go. You guys have all been asking for, you know, signs of utility and adoption and utilization. And there's a perfect example of what that what that could look like. Right. And the beautiful thing about this is really cool is now if, you know, anything you buy is tokenized and registered to you, like they said, even stolen, they know it's yours. It's very, very hard to uh mess with the blockchain so yeah it's just, it's exciting i mean there's gonna be you know there's always a double-edged sword of technology and double edges to this stuff right because the end the other opposite side is uh you know that uh, you ate too much you bought too many steaks this week and you can't buy another one right so that's always the trade-off but nonetheless it is really cool that you know from a security perspective it would be it's i think you, you could see some utilities there that makes really good sense and people aren't going to understand that that's why they have to educate people like this you know for now for people to understand what it means but yeah there you go man there's a there's a, a real world use case example pretty cool andrew castle i'd like to get your opinion as well i think it's really just uh it's a reflection of the entire sentiment of the crypto market today blackrock's been popular novengratz has been on cnbc pompliano got 12 minutes dedicated to bitcoin yesterday Here's another example of companies beginning to leverage these assets. And everybody's focused on the Bitcoin ETF. Tokenization is what has me most excited. So how do you feel about this news, specifically the reference to companies like Amazon, Uber, and Venmo leveraging tokenized assets? Fantastic. Fantastic news. It is utility. And I keep saying it. Utility is the most important price driver of a, of a, of a, of a, year, of a, of a coin. And, uh, and what, what you said already, uh, Johnny, Track and trace because of this tokenization. Yeah, track and trace will become more and more easy. And uh, no, no stakes every day and no seven days stake anymore per week. It's only uh, now maybe three days a month, but I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot, lot more will happen. You know, it will it will open a bunch of new uh, uh, applications. This whole tokenization uh, uh, era where we are uh, entering in now. But it will also, yeah, can can be used uh, in favor of, of of everybody. But also, there are negative aspects. But I I don't care so much. I, you know, we cannot influence it. U utility is the best that we can have. That drives the price. The more money comes in the space, the the higher the price will go up. And that's what we are here for. Because we only see the dollar, the euro, and all the other major coins or major uh, uh, fiat currencies are going down in price. And uh, so we have to protect our money. And this is a way that we, uh, we that we are on the good track. Johnny, I don't know if you remember the video I played yesterday, but JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon said that he was frustrated. The banks weren't able to innovate themselves. He was frustrated that third party private companies were able to go out and create this technology. And I want you to address that question. Once we play this video, this is David Schwartz talking about how innovation, you need to be pro innovation. If you're pro crypto that, you know, if, if people in this space are anti-innovation, I, I think they're in the wrong. I think they're in the wrong space. I mean, come on. You know what? What made Bitcoin interesting was people were saying like, "Don't use the legacy technologies that enrich." You know, like the establishment. Here's this cool thing, Bitcoin. To see people like in the Bitcoin space who are like, "Don't use these cool new technologies," but you know, use the use Bitcoin, which enriches like the the, the miners and the people who hold Bitcoin. Like, come on, they've got a financial motive to do that, and they're anti-innovation. And if you see that. I, I will push back on that, really. But, it's pretty funny because that's exactly what we're seeing today. Even people like Michael Saylor, who are pro-decentralization, 15% of his company is owned by BlackRock and indirectly 
15% of his Bitcoin is owned by BlackRock. So Johnny Crypto, floor is yours and kick it to Mario. It, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you you cannot move forward as a company or an entity if you're going to try to stifle innovation. It doesn't work. Innovation, lower cost, cheaper, better solutions are going to constantly be coming your way or to your competitor's way. So either you're going to do it or your competitor is going to do it. But one thing we know for sure is it's going to happen. And that's really what, you know, part of what he's talking about. So for people who are trying to stifle it and slow it down, it's only going to, in the long run, it's those are the people who are going to, or those companies, if you will, will be the ones that will fall behind or get obsoleted. Just ask Kodak. Does anybody know the Kodak story? I mean, Kodak was king of the hill of film. It was no stopping them. They were massive, right? Everybody knew who Kodak was. I don't know if anybody knows Kodak anymore. All the young kids. But, you know, grow, us growing up, Kodak was like, that was the player in film and camera, right? But they didn't want to switch to digital when digital was coming. They were fighting innovation apps. They were saying, oh, no, this is a fad. It's going to go away. Film is the future. <laughs> film was dying. But they didn't want to let go of, of what they had. And so that's an example of if you try to go against the grain and fight innovation, you're probably going to become obsolete. And, and so that's kind of what I think David was talking about there to some degree. Innovate or die. There's a reason why they say that. And it's whether it's JP Morgan or David Schwartz, the most powerful players in finance are shifting digital because it benefits everybody, right? The people in control, they get more control. They get more transparency, more data from the users. The people who are like us are going to benefit off of profiting off of this technology. So the early adopters, the early innovators are the ones who will have generational wealth. And we already got 396 live listeners joining us. Show us some love smash that like button and think about this, Johnny. We're talking a lot about tokenized assets this morning. JP Morgan right now is already handling a billion dollars in transactions daily for their JPM coin. But Mario, I want to kick it to you for some comments and then we'll break down this article. Yeah, Abs, I think that, you know, the the example that Johnny Crypto gave is is absolutely spot on. Like we, as and as I was saying before, you know, the banks are at this tipping point where, they need to shift. They need to adopt these technologies. And as we've stated, crypto and blockchain is the the technology that's here and 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 is available for these banks to adopt and start building on. Keeping it short and sweet this morning, Mario. I like it, my friend. And this article, I think you're going to be excited about this as well because J.P. Morgan adopting this technology. These were the biggest contrarians of the market back in 2017, even during the 2021 bull run. Now they're excited about the adoption of this technology. JP Morgan is handling a billion transactions daily in their digital JPM coin. And what's so interesting is right now, the only utility for this token is converting between currencies. So JPM coin gets transacted on a daily basis, mostly in US dollars. But we again intend to continue to expand, said the leader of this project. And since its inception in 2019, JPM coin has been used to make payments denominated in dollars with the support of euros added this June. They also stated that the wholesale payments between accounts will be available around the world and it's aimed at institutional clients, which is why this is such an important article. So Johnny, I'd love to start with you and we'll kick it to cash flow. with JP Morgan and BlackRock both becoming excited about this technology. What's really standing in our way? Oh, uh, nothing standing in the way. They, the, the, they're moving forward. They're marching forward. The narratives have changed now and it's going to be full blown, full on crypto, I think for for the next, you know, for 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 at least for the next few years, as they pump the shit out of it, 
I think you're going to see full on crypto, no doubt about it. Very gung ho. Um, I think we all know, you know, you know, Jamie Dimon was not happy that JP Morgan didn't have their own coin and now they do. And don't be surprised if that becomes one of the most prominent players in this space. And it's just unfortunate that the kind of standard retailer, like all of us here, cannot invest in what JP Morgan is doing um, because, again, it's a private token. So there's not a lot. And I'm not surprised. I didn't think they would ever make something that we can invest in. Um, and indirectly, you know, maybe there was a tap into XDC, but the reality is I think that you're going to see some of these blockchains and some of these infrastructure, most of them I think are going to be private, but you will have some, you know, hopefully underlying layers of their systems. Oh, I forgot to mute it. That will have some places to play in it. Like, for example, when, when you hear Yusko talk about, the overall payment system and he believes you know bitcoin will be the, the base and then you'll have you know a fly uh, uh, a smart contract could be an ethereum part of it and then the file coin for the oracle piece of it to build the whole and then quant for the communication you could see multiple layers stacked up and hopefully there'll be some layers that we can invest in but um i don't i don't know i, I don't know on that piece of it but yes abs it's coming there ain't no stopping it this thing's gonna move like a train <laughs> Let me tell a story from the Netherlands. Uh, about two years ago, I was at an event and se several people also from, from several banks were there. So I was talking about crypto and they were from well, major banks in the Netherlands. And then these people said, we are not allowed to talk about crypto inside the bank two years ago. Then I, 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 I have a friend, he has a truck company and he is uh, he has about 100 trucks in, in in the netherlands and in belgium and and he was hacked by a russian hacker group and all his computers were switched off so he couldn't do anything and he had to pay a ransom or he had to pay in bitcoin so what did he do yeah what can you do you know you have to go to the supermarkets and to 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 transport all those goods so he went to that same bank, one phone call because he's a major client, and he said, "Yeah, I have to pay these these guys in Russia," and and they they said, "Oh, sir, no problem. We will handle this for you." You know, a Bitcoin payment, and you know, and me as a retail customer of that bank, I was not even allowed to make a a payment from for some from my business account into Coinbase because they said, "No, we cannot uh, uh, allow." that you buy that you buy crypto i said i'm only transferring money shall i come to your office and make some uh, explanation i have a nice presentation for you of course i didn't hear anything but it, this is the, the stuff you know behind the scenes they were already all already for years they were already preparing for this and they knew exactly what to do because they also could help people to transfer bitcoin for 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 for, for those uh, yeah russian uh, hackers Absolutely, Andrew. And it's funny because it's like Johnny Crypto says, money talks and BS walks. And even when the banks, I mean, listen, guys, you don't want to get too dark here. But remember that guy who owned an island? He was with and very close with one of the biggest financial firms on the planet. It's an example of what Johnny says. When, when you have enough money, people just look the other way. It's like the Italian mafia in the 1930s. But we got 424 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're talking about Bitcoin. We're talking about JP Morgan handling tokenized assets going forward. And the tweet that I was showing earlier, Johnny, I had this up on the screen. 
Bitcoin's performance has been nothing short of impressive. It feels like it's been a long bear market, but when you zoom out, look at what this asset has done over the last five years. In the last week alone, Bitcoin's up 20%. In the last month, 30. In the last year, 77%. But five years out, we are up 436% on this asset. That's very exciting for all the crypto investors out there because I think we're about to go through another adoption cycle leading to these numbers reaching higher prices, which is very exciting. What do you think, Johnny, about all? Actually, you know what? Sorry about that, guys. I lost my train of thought. I wanted to play this Larry Fink video and then we'll kick it to Johnny Crypto for some comments. He's way beyond the rumor. I think the, the rally today is about a flight to quality with all the, you know, all the issues around the Israeli war now, um, global terrorism. And I think there's more people running into a fight to quality, whether that is in treasuries, gold or crypto, depending on how you think about it. And I believe crypto will play that type of role as a flight to quality. Flight to quality. Crypto will play that role as a flight to quality, says the man who hates crypto, who hated crypto. I just, I love it. I love seeing the heel turn. Anybody who's in WWE or watches WWE knows what I'm talking about. Just seeing these guys go from, you know, crypto is bad to crypto is good is so exciting because, you know, the reason why I get excited about this is I know the, the way the world works is you need, unfortunately, you need the big boys. You need the big boys in the game, uh, you know, and, and when the big boys come in the game, now we're talking real money. Now we're talking legitimization. Now we're talking masses of people who don't trust you and me, right? They don't believe us. We're nuts. We're crazy. We're buying a scam. But when Larry Fink and BlackRock and CNN and Fox News all says, hey, guys, the world is open. Bitcoin, the door, you know, Bitcoin is open for business. They're all going to be buying that son of a bitch at 100K higher while we were buying. You know, I love that picture. I got to find it. There's this great picture online that says there's two booths. One booth has a bunch of people in it line. The other booth has like one person, right? Or like three people in it. And that's the booth where they're selling like, a bit uh, a crypto or bitcoin at like 10 cents and, and then the other booth where you can buy it for a hundred thousand everybody's buying a hundred thousand but nobody wants to buy it for cheap because you know just they don't understand they don't understand what they have they don't understand technology they don't understand where it's going and it's so sad because that that picture is actually extremely truthful except for everybody here the good news is there it is there it is right there all of us we're in that we're in that little tiny line over there to the left Meanwhile, everybody else is sitting there waiting to buy at much money. And actually, that should really be like Bitcoin $3,000. But the point is you can literally just change the word Bitcoin and put any coin there. Put XRP, put put File, Flow, Cardano, whatever you want. And that's literally the story is, you know, nobody's going to buy until everybody feels like it's safe to buy. And when it feels safe to buy, what's the rule, Abs? That's the time to sell. You don't want to buy when it feels good. You have to sell when it feels good. It's such a mental game that you have to play in your head. And it's a very, very hard game to play. Trust me, I've been losing it for years until now. And I'm now being with the Academy. And guys, if you haven't joined the 3T Academy, click on the link below. It's going to change your mindset. You're going to be surrounded about people that you're going to be able to talk about these ideas. You're going to be able to you know, get a feel for what's going on and, and change your brain. And that's where you're going to be in a much better place. Hey, hey, wait, you know what's happening? Oh, by the way, when you're there, you get to then try and sign up for Andrew Cashflow's program and you get to learn how to create exit strategies. Sorry, mm -hmm. go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, you know what's happening? Why is a coin and what also a, a stock is going down? Because of bad news. 
because if everything is uh, hallelujah, then it will go up. But so you need bad news to get something done. And from a human being, from a human perspective, you say, yeah, with bad news, I'm not going to buy because it's going down. So you don't buy. And then if you hear all the good news, what's happening when you hear all the good news? Yeah, the coin is going up. And then you're always too late. So you are too late with buying and you are too late with, with selling. So, you know, just turn that around in your head. And that's what we teach in the 3T Academy and go from there. And I know it hurts in your head, but it is the right way to do. And Andrew, we got 420 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. You know what? We never talk about $1,000 XRP, but Uphold put our feet to the fire this morning. And we're going to have to address these hard questions. Mario, I'd love to start with you on this topic. Last night, I was scrolling through the feed of, of just like Uphold related tweets. And I came across this. I found it to be very interesting. Uphold has posted about $1,000 XRP four times since the beginning of their account. And if you look at this, Uphold actually responded in the comments of my tweet. So I thought it was pretty funny. They were in here acknowledging this content. So the four times that they tweeted about this, it said, what would you do if XRP reached $1,000? That was July 15th of 2022. What's the first thing you'd do if XRP reached $1,000? That was November of 2022. In December of 2021, they say, we appreciate all the love. If XRP hits $1,000, what are you buying, Johnny Crypto? And what are you doing if XRP reaches $1,000? That was in October of 2021. I want to make a point here. All of these tweets were after the lawsuit. So keep that in mind. Let's start off with Mario and kick it to Johnny. Yeah, I guess we transitioned from 589 over to 1,000. I mean, it just these targets keep getting higher and higher. Sounds good and- to me. Yeah, well, sounds good to me too. But unfortunately, you know, we do need to realize that it all comes down to market cap. And and for XRP to get to a thousand bucks, we're talking trillions of dollars on XRP asset alone. And I'm not saying that can't happen, but I'm just saying that we're going to go through an evolution. And that evolution right now, the leader is Bitcoin. And Bitcoin's going to have a majority of the market cap until things change. And I'm not saying that they will or they won't, but things do change always. So um, I don't know, like price action, it's it's an interesting topic. It's 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 exciting to think about these 589s and thousands. Um, but I think that realistic targets are more along the lines of 10 to 15 bucks over the next couple of years, assuming nothing crazy happens. But if we get massive um, news as far as utilization and there again, market cap comes into XRP, then of course we could be looking at much higher price targets. You know, I, I have a problem when XRP goes to a thousand. You know, this is my calculator <laughs> and multiplied 1000 multiplied by the number of XRP I have doesn't fit on my calculator. So, Johnny, <laughs> help me. I'll help you. All right. So now, now we come to the Simon Cowell of the show. All right. We're getting realistic here. Okay. So, first of all, a thousand dollar XRP puts us at I think a hundred trillion dollars. Okay, let me just give you an idea of what a hundred trillion dollars. The U.S. global entire the U.S. entire not global sorry the entire U.S. stock market is only forty five trillion. The entire world, the whole global world stock market is a hundred and nine trillion dollars. Okay, so. Do we really believe that one coin out of 12,000 active coins, this is fine. Let's say all 12,000 go away and there's only 100. Do we really believe one coin out of 100 
of, of this market or whatever the crypto market is going to be is going to suck up a hundred trillion dollars, which would be equal to the whole entire globe. You know, no, it's just sorry, guys. It's not going to take your calculator. Don't worry, Andrew. Those, I mean, I wish the numbers would get that big, but I'm going to bring some reality back to this thing. You know, no, there's no, I don't see a thousand dollars happening, you know, for a very, very, like maybe we're talking a hundred years from now. <laughs> Who knows? But do I think, you know, $5, $10, something more in the realistic realm like that could happen? Yeah. I like to be realistic about these things. There's no point in sitting here and hyping up these crazy numbers and pulling these pipe dreams. Now, remember, these guys are trying to get clicks, right? So, sure. Let me gonna... respond really quickly because you threw out some numbers, and I know that some of our listeners would love a rebuttal. So, you talked about how most of the money in that $100 trillion is in the stock market. Keep this in mind. $1.7 quadrillion are in derivatives. That's where the money is globally. They're in the derivatives market, and I think that's what's opening up for crypto. So, if you want me to be the hopium guy, because I'm just taking the other end of the spectrum, yeah, for the record, course. I do not think we'll reach 1,000. I don't think we'll reach 500. What do I think will happen in this next cycle? We're going to play a video from Waters Above, kind of deferring my opinion, but $12 to $27, somewhere in that range is well, that is well high enough for me to have the wealth that I'm looking for. So floor is yours, Johnny. Yeah, you know, listen, at the end of the day, if if we get to the point someday where we will, where the whole entire world is tokenized, and the derivatives market is tokenized. And, you know, yes, and, and, and then Ripple or XRP gets a piece of that. That's where you get these really high numbers. Where do you think 10,000 comes from? Or 589, right? These big numbers. There is no way you even get to those numbers unless you factor in the derivatives market, which is there, right? And so can that happen? Yes, it's quadrillions. And, and, and could we get there someday? Yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking like realistically, okay? The next five five years, 10 years, you know, do I really think we're going to get see it? No, I don't think we're going to see a thousand. Um, if you asked me when Amazon was 20 bucks, will we see 3,300? I probably would have said no too. And it took 27 years for it to happen. So could it? Sure. Could we see a thousand? Yeah, maybe we see it. But realistically, 10, 12, maybe even as high as 50, I think in the next three to five years with serious utility. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think those are more realistic numbers and that's why I've got an exit plan. I'm going to play it. But a thousand, I mean, this is just, this is clickbait, you know, and it's going to get people excited. And, and the part about you know, it, I could have titled this episode XRP to a thousand dollars. Yeah. Uphold predicts XRP, but I didn't guys, you know, I took the classy route. Yes, we're not so a clickbait. Far. Good for <laughs> you as we don't want to be that. Got, anybody who's in the YouTube or, or the content creation industry knows there's a fine line between clickbait and a great title. So you got to balance the line here, but listen, you, we don't pump price targets. I think it's very irresponsible. And I'd actually love to play a video out of Waters Above and Bearable Bull yesterday. This is some great content. Here we go. Backup phase. These are called SOSs and backup phases, signs of strength. Um, yeah, so that would be putting Bitcoin into that same level I talked about earlier, somewhere in the golden pocket. Now, if that was to happen, I believe XRP will be back at the 70 cent range. Just off of that, brother. Like, I don't even care what happens with the news or SEC or the new CFO coming in. None of that shit matters. All it would take is just this move up. I think it's about the mid 40s for Bitcoin and you'll see a 70 cent XRP again. And that would be great to see because cleaning out that 54 cent resistance, that might be the last time it ever has to deal with that. So uh, there's a couple of key takeaways. I know it's a very short video, Johnny, but think about it this way. I'm getting low audio. I'm kicking it to you. Sorry. Yeah, I think what everybody should look at is, you know, I, we get this question all the time in terms of, you know, 
what, how much XRP do you need to have and what, what to change your life? And I'm reading in the stat, you know, everybody in the chat is talking about what number they're going to bleed. The thing to look at is say, what do you think is a realistic number? You know, maybe somewhere in the 10, 12, $15 range. Then you multiply that times or divide that by whatever number you want. And that's how much XRP you might want to own. So for me, I look at abs as what would my life be like or what would my portfolio value be if we got a 10 or 12 or $20 XRP? You know, and that to, to me, I think is kind of the, what gets me excited. You look at it and say, okay, do I have enough XRP at that price point that's going to change my life? And if it doesn't, well, then you continue to DCA it until the prices start to take off. Well, what did he say in that video, Johnny? He goes, the best thing that could happen to XRP's price is Bitcoin rising as well. The, literally, a Ripple employee said the best thing that could happen to XRP's price is Bitcoin increasing. And that's what we're seeing right now. We got 432 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm going to play the end of this clip because it's so important. Here's some price targets and here's what to expect in 2024 out of XRP. Brother. Like, I don't even care what happens with the news or SEC or the new CFO coming. None of that shit matters. All it would take is just this move up. I think it's about the mid 40s for Bitcoin and you'll see a 70 cent XRP again. And that would be great to see because cleaning out that 54 cent resistance, that might be the last time it ever has to deal with that. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's, been, it's been almost 500 days now of getting rejected and coming right back down to that level. So. We all know if you look back to how XRP behaved in, what was it, 2014 through 2016, I believe, it had a super long-term uh, sideways consolidation as well. I could pull that chart up for a moment if you'd like so I could show people the visual. Remember this, guys. Longer the base, the higher in space. I tried to yeah. say that line the other day, but I couldn't yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. So, he's a, But, you know, Ab, so the thing is people forget about this and they always want to see Bitcoin do bad. But what you have to understand is, Bitcoin is the source. It's the engine. It's what bring. It's the sun of this market. It's you know everybody's here because that is going to be the main driver. Bitcoin is going to kind of establish crypto on the on the map, and then from there, I think you'll see growth of all these other different cryptocurrencies out there. But it all starts with Bitcoin. We all know that. Everybody here knows that Bitcoin is the growth engine. The higher it goes, I, I say this all the time. I try to give a simple analogy. High tide raises all boats. And crypto is the high, I mean, sorry, Bitcoin is the high tide. You want to see Bitcoin go as high as humanly possible. Because the, the good news about that is all the other cryptos around it are the, what's called a halo effect will benefit. Because when that goes up, all the other things around it now become more legitimized. And people then start flowing those profits into those other things. And so... I I want to I don't have a lot of Bitcoin, but I still want to see Bitcoin skyrocket because I know it's good for the industry as a whole. And so I am praying we should all be praying. Now I'm not worried about 70 cent XRP. I can't, it doesn't get me excited. I don't even, I don't even get excited, right? I want to see much much higher. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't care what XRP is doing in the short term. What I care about is how XRP performs in this next bull run. And the reason why that's so critical, especially for all of us, most of us who, well, some of us were here. This is my first bull run in 2020, right? And I kind of felt like we got gypped. You know, I'm just speaking from the heart here. I feel like everybody, all of us who were invested in XRP, we all got to see all the other cryptos skyrocket and boom. But we had the freaking monkey on our back, that stupid lawsuit, which I honestly believe held us down. And we were only able to get to, I don't know, what was it, about $1.90, something like that. We never even got to test all-time highs. 
I feel like we got gypped. So I don't care about 70 cents. What I care about is what, thank you, Andrew. What I care about is what does XRP do now with A, the monkey off its back, B, being the only, the only cryptocurrency that has clarity right now from, from the courts. So the SEC can't breathe on its neck. And three, all the positive narratives we're going to hear about all the relationships and the technology and what it can do and nothing in its way now that the SEC is off its case. God, if this thing, this, I'm expecting some really good things out of this thing for me. And that's what I'm looking for is how does it react and perform now that there's nothing standing in its way? And if it can't break $3 now, we're in trouble. And I want to encourage our listeners. We got 438 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. The question that we asked our live chat today is, what is your peak price target for XRP? So far, we got 328 votes here, guys. I'm going to close this thing out in about two minutes. I'd love if we could get to 400 votes. Right now, above $15 is winning. That 37% of our votes are above $15. That's their price target for next year so. That could be pretty exciting, but let's defer to Waters above. Oh, Mario, sorry. Did you have a comment before we start? No, you can go ahead. I have a comment, but if you, I could say it after. Okay, cool. We'll come to Mario first after this video. This is Waters Above and Bearable Bull talking about XRP for 2024. Look at how long and shitty this was. <laughs> this is so long. The sideways move was fucking 700 days. Yeah. Like people think, people, people disregard this cycle. And I think that that hurts a lot of specifically people that are into XRP. So with the way I teach, I always go back to this particular chart to, to be more helpful because it was a full cycle for, for XRP technically. We're looking at um, 14, 1,400 days. So that's four years, right? That is the four-year cycle that it had. And then it had this kind of double pump, which I do kind of feel is possible again. It won't be as dramatic as this. It won't be as much gains, but absolutely in the cards. And the timing of it, I think, will actually be similar, too. So you can mark my words on this. I think March into April of 2024 will be when we go, when when the rocket ship takes off. March into April of 2024 is when the rocket ship takes off. $15 for the majority of our live chat. You're going to need statements like that to hold some validity over this next bull market. With the SEC suing Ripple, XRP still went from $0.17 cents to $1.90 during a four-month period, Mario. So with the monkey off our back, as Johnny Crypto likes to say, I think we could see even better use cases and better price targets for this next cycle. What do you take away from all this content? Yeah, you know, I was going to add that I think that I feel like the, the Bitcoin, sorry, the XRP price is is still manipulated to, to stay in this kind of sideways down. I feel like the price is being manipulated for it to not go up. I just... Like I get it that Bitcoin is kind of the energy and Bitcoin had a little bit of positive news as far as the ETF and BlackRock and look what happened to the price. I mean, how much more good news can we have around XRP? We've got use case, we've got clarity and still we're not getting barely any price appreciation. And so I can only conclude that there's manipulation happening there to the price. Now in the long term and especially going into another bull run, there's no excuse. XRP has to move. And if it doesn't, then that will be manipulation confirmed <laughs> because it just has everything in its on its side right now for it to do what we know XRP is capable of doing. And not just that, for it to do what any asset that has 
use case and clarity and and is creating partnerships and 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 it's having more value on on its chain it has to move up in price it's just it's math it's logical the only reason why it won't move up is manipulation so mario if there is manipulation then there is there is always a uh, 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 demand and 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 so who is selling at the moment so That's price, a great question price can only go down if if there is more selling pressure than buying pressure so i'm i'm not so sure who is selling or is is ripple themselves selling because they are sitting still on the whole pile of uh, of xrp so I, I know it's an interesting question I have a, I guess, a response. And Johnny, I want to kick it to you. I think this market is just dominated by Bitcoin. When you look at how this market moves, if Bitcoin goes up, altcoins go up. If Bitcoin goes down, altcoins go down. And you look at the charts, they're so similar, it's cringeworthy. You know there's market manipulation going on. We just don't know exactly how it's getting done. And with XRP sitting at 55 cents with all the positive narratives that Mario just outlined, I think that's a primary example of that manipulation. Can we point to exactly where it's coming from, exactly how it's happening? No, but common sense tells me these assets are worth more than they are right now. Here's the positive end of that. Manipulation goes in both directions. And when a bull run comes around, all these assets are manipulated to go to way higher price targets than they're actually worth. If XRP reaches $12, that's a very, very high price target, even for the market that exists today. And Johnny, we got 431 live listeners here. I want to get your comments and then give me 60 seconds because I want to address the poll that we have in our live chat. I don't think it's... A specific targeted manipulation on xrp i don't agree with that no um, manipulation of the crypto markets overall xrp being an example of it. i mean that's just a, that's any more I, I, I mean that's just a common statement every single market's manipulated if you guys don't know that then let's face it the big boys run the markets the reason why you haven't seen xrp move up is look at the look at the market cap it's the same money fighting for the same thing we're still sitting around every day when you talk about apps we're at one trillion you know now we're at 1.2 trillion we had a little bit more go because of the bitcoin etf we did have a little new money came in the problem is we all the new money went into one place okay that's why the price hasn't gone up everybody's waiting for the price to go up but what nobody understands is it doesn't work that way price doesn't go up because you want the price to go up price goes up because money comes into a market I mean, how high did we get, Abs? How high was the, what were we at? Almost $3 trillion during the last bull run? We had two, we had I mean, two. this we is had, the funniest part. I'm kicking it right back to you, is the fact that it was happened off of nothing. At least this time, we can point to ETFs and tokenization, a little bit of utility. Last time, it was just speculation. Well, and, and don't forget, the printing presses were turned on. C-word was going on. $2 trillion were being printed. That money went through a bunch of different places. It had to find a place to go, Okay. And so it went in through the crypto market and it flooded itself. It went first where it's supposed to go into Bitcoin. Then it came out of Bitcoin and it went into everywhere else. But it was two additional trillion dollars that had to go somewhere. So that drives everything up right I agree now. With you, Johnny, and check out this information. What is the peak price target for XRP for 2024? This is according to our live chat. We got 350 people who voted. 37% are anticipating we're going to get above $15. 34% think we're getting between 5 and $15. So what does that combine? What is 30 plus 30 plus? So about 72% here, 71% think that we're going to get above $5. So that's what I'd like to focus on. Do you agree? Let's ask each of you and then end the show. Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, go, I'll go ahead. I'll go last. Yes or no, Mario? Above $5 next year. Um, Above $5 next year. 
No. Andrew. Mm, I hope so, but I'm not sure. No. Johnny Crypto. Are you saying break above and come back down? Yeah, very possible. I think so. There we go. And we got 430 live listeners. Exactly. And we got 430 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Mario. And thank you, Johnny Crypto. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, 